Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Levin here, our number 877 I want to thank Larry O'Connor for sitting in the 11th hour. Look, I'll just say this. If a family member or close friend is ill or needs my help, then I drop everything and that's what I do. And that's what I needed to do. So that's what I did. That's something I look forward to. I love being on the radio. I love being with you. But uh, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. There's so much to get into here. But first I want to talk about this. Because I happen to agree with Robert Spencer. Normally do. Completely. As he points out on PJ Media what's really happening against Donald Trump. And you don't need to be Nostradamus to figure this out because the Democrats have essentially said this some time ago. He says, why did Mitch McConnell break ranks with the Republican National Committee and insist, contrary to a growing mountain of evidence, that the January 6th incident was a violent insurrection for the purpose of trying to prevent a peaceful transfer of power after a legitimately certified election from one administration to the next, quote-unquote. A clue came this Tuesday when Larry Sabato, a popular far-left historian, tweeted, Of course it was a violent insurrection. Shame on every Republican, especially members of Congress, who have not declared as much. Next, admit Trump plotted a coup to steal a second term. Then, invoke the 14th Amendment, Section 3, to ban Trump and co-conspirators from future public office. Unquote. If it was an insurrection, then Trump, who's grown increasingly critical and contemptuous of 
of McConnell can be barred from running in 2024. The initiative to do this is gathering storm. He writes, the 14th Amendment, Section 3, says no person shall be a senator or representative in Congress or elector, a president or vice president, or hold any office, civil or military, under the United States or under any state who have previously taken an oath as a member of Congress or as an officer of the United States or as a member of any state legislature or as an executive or judicial officer of any state to support the Constitution of the United States shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof. But Congress may, by a vote of two-thirds of each House, remove such disability. This was designed to keep unrepentant Confederates out of public office after the Civil War. Although many did hold office, as more often than not, Congress did not vote to waive the prohibition. PJ Media's Rick Moran noted, it's already being used against America First Representative Madison Cawthorn, a Republican, North Carolina, although he's fighting back hard. It's likely to be used against others who are associated with the January 6th non-insurrection as well. And I might add, this is a plot that was hatched by Mark Elias, the slip-and-fall, ambulance-chasing, legal Svengali who's been behind every major dirty trick and every major legal action, I would argue, that has brought us to this point, changing election laws and all the rest of it. We talked about this weeks ago, where they're systematically trying to prevent, systematically trying to prevent Republican members of the House challenging them under the 14th Amendment, their uh, ability to run for re-election. And so what Spencer is saying here, we touched on it at a surface level, but he's, he's hit it. And that is that they want to try and pull the same chicanery against Trump. But Cawthorn and the rest would just be a dry run. The great white whale, these Captain Ahabs, are hunting as Donald Trump. And they hope that in the 14th Amendment, they have found their harpoon. Some Democrats and established Republicans see this as the final stake they can drive into the heart of their nemesis, Trump, ending his 2024 ambitions. And I think he's 100% correct. 100% correct. That's what's going on here. John Anthony Castor, a graduate of Georgetown University Law School, bills himself as 2024 presidential candidate, as well as a rhino suing Trump under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment to ban him from office for the January 6th insurrection, quote-unquote, recalled that in mid-January, former FBI Director James Comey called on Biden to pardon Trump. Castro saw this as a checkmate move, tweeting, if Trump accepts the pardon, he has to admit guilt for January 6th and deal with the application of Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, that disqualifies him from office. If Trump rejects the pardon, legitimizes a federal prosecution, Trump is finished. There are just two problems with this scenario. Biden has said that he will not pardon Trump. There isn't anything to pardon Trump for in the first place, as January 6th was not an insurrection. Nonetheless, some leftist academics think they see an easy path to a Trump-free world. Mark Graber, a law professor at the University of Maryland, 
He said, I think a court could find a person aided and participated in an attempt to overturn the result of a valid election. This is, in theory, no more difficult than proving persons aided and supported any illegal activity. And I think attempting to overturn an election by violence qualifies as an insurrection. Keith Whittington, a political scientist at Princeton, added, I suspect the number of likely candidates who could reasonably be affected by Section 3 is fairly small, though David Trump was, excuse me, though Donald Trump was potentially among them. Potentially, ladies and gentlemen. The Democrats and their establishment Republican allies are building lie upon lie. Now that they have insisted at every possible opportunity for over a year that the January 6th Capitol breach was a threat to our democracy, unparalleled since the Civil War, and worse than 9-11, Pearl Harbor, and the resignation of Al Frank, they are beginning to build on the foundation they have laid in order to use the 14th Amendment against Trump, regardless of how the now-forgotten fact that he called upon protesters on January 6th to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard and also offer the National Guard. Thus, even if January 6th was an insurrection, it was not. The idea that Trump was behind it is a gigantic piece of the left's case that remains unproven. Nonetheless, the push to use the 14th Amendment against Trump could well succeed because all the Democrats need are the votes to push it over, and they may find enough obliging establishment Republicans to help them do it. Then the establishment media will hail those who gave Trump a coup de grace for saving our democracy as heroes. For them, there is no downside, writes Robert Spencer, director of Jihad Watch, and so forth. He's exactly right. That's exactly what's going on. It won't work, but it's just another effort to contort the Constitution and try and prevent the Trump nomination. That's why you you shouldn't listen to the Chris Christie's and the and the others who were so stupid, they don't even understand what's going on. But even if they did, they wouldn't give a damn. Chris Christie wants to be president, ladies and gentlemen. He wants to be president. So what better way to knock out one of his competitors than by going on TV and trashing President Trump? He's a bizarre man, Christie. First, he befriends Trump. We've been friends. Interpretation, we've been friends for 20 years. Sway treats his friends. Right? I asked a question the other day. Where exactly will we go? What exactly will happen if the Republicans take the Senate and Mitch McConnell is their leader, remains their leader? What, what? We now have an answer. We now have the answer. When we come back, I'll explain. We'll be right back. Mark in. My friends, I know you love freedom and want to defend it. And I know you love the Constitution. Well, so do I. And it's the same with Hillsdale College, the best liberal arts college in America. Hillsdale's mission is pursuing truth and defending liberty. It gives its undergraduate and graduate students the best education. And it is working to make this education available to all. But today, I want to tell you about Hillsdale's free monthly speech digest of liberty. It's called Imprimus. Over 6 million households and businesses receive Imprimus for free every month. And you can join them by subscribing at levinforhillsdale.com. 
There are no strings attached. Generous donors who love freedom make it possible for Hillsdale to send in Primus to you for free. And Primus is one of my favorite publications. It's short, smart, useful, and fun. Start receiving your own free copy of this great digest of liberty. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Levinforhillsdale.com. So what will Mitch McConnell do if we deliver the Senate to the Republicans? He will take over the agenda. He's already attacked the Tea Party, he said, for losses that shouldn't have happened if they had just allowed his rhinos to run. And he points to uh, Sharon Angle, who actually almost beat um, Harry Reid, Richard Murdoch, Christine O'Donnell, and Todd Aiken. He doesn't point to all the rhinos who've lost Senate seats as candidates and incumbents over the same 10, 12-year period of time. Those he doesn't point to. Mitch McConnell wants pliable, malleable politicians who he can control. To do what? David Drucker, the Washington Examiner, says, what are voters going to get beginning next year if they elect a new Republican majority in the Senate this November? And so what does Mitch McConnell say? The first thing they're going to get is the worst Joe Biden will be over. The progressive movement will be stopped. I don't think it means no progress is made with the country. It means look for things in the center you can agree on and do those. He provided not a single example. Well, what is it? He says, I'm hard-pressed to think of how, of what the Democrats could do to dramatically turn the atmosphere in their decision. So the wind will almost certainly be at our back, but the individual states, he says, will make these decisions. Of course, he interferes with the individual states, and he rails against Tea Partiers who lost, but of course not against rhinos who lose. He can't win everything. And then 2014, another GOP wave year, when a fed-up McConnell began intervening in primaries to weed out bad candidates, he says, did Republicans finally recapture the Senate majority they had lost eight years earlier? So you can see as this guy Drucker in his back pocket over at the Washington Examiner, who, who lays this out for him. But of course, it's preposterous. The minority leader is prepared to do the same thing this year, particularly in Missouri, where disgraced former Governor Eric Reitens is a leading contender. The National Republican Senatorial Committee is neutral in primaries, a directive of Florida Senator Rick Scott. But the super PAC aligned with McConnell, the Senate Leadership Fund, is poised to fill the gap and utilize the massive war chest at its disposal against Greitens if polling suggests intervention is necessary. So here you have a senator from Kentucky, McConnell, who's interfering in Republican primaries with Republican voters in other states to enhance himself. Like if he picks somebody, they're going to win. I could go back, and I will. Maybe I'll do it tomorrow if I remember. It's not on the top of my list. I can go back and I'll start to pick people that he backed and who lost. Remember I did that not 
when he was going after the Tea Party, Mr. Producer? So far, McConnell's keeping his powder dry. Let's put it this way, he said. If I were inclined to intervene, I certainly wouldn't announce it. In other words, he's a sleaze. Greitens has pledged to vote against McConnell for Republican leader if he's elected to the Senate. That's the bottom line. Meanwhile, just about every targeted state other than Missouri, McConnell sees virtually zero reason for concern. Arizona, he said, obviously, Governor Ducey would be a star candidate. Who was the one that ran in Arizona? What was her name? Who just lost Rich, who'd been on the show. I forget her name. That's the point. We're both blanking. You want to look that up? He was, she was picked. McSally. McSally was who? Martha McSally was chosen by Ducey at the behest of McConnell, even though she had lost the general election, and she lost it again. We can look at McConnell's record in these states too, folks, and it is not very good. In fact, it's quite poor. And maybe Drucker should go through and look at that. On Pennsylvania, where former head hedge fund CEO David McCormick and celebrity physician Mehet Oz are the top GOP contenders, he says, we have an embarrassment of riches. McConnell also likes what he sees at the outset in Georgia and Nevada. Now, he didn't like Herschel Walker initially, but Herschel Walker was going to be the nominee whether he liked it. So now he's backing Herschel Walker. He wasn't big on Adam Laxalt initially in Nevada. As you know, I endorsed Adam Laxalt. Adam Laxalt now he supports. For every eventual Republican nominee, those McConnell is backing and those he might quietly worry about, he's one central piece of unsolicited political advice. Focus on the future. Talk about the issues voters care about. Gee, what a whiz. What a whiz. So 2010, he blames on the Tea Party. The debacle in Georgia, he blames on Trump. He takes responsibility for nothing. Nothing. If there's gains, he'll take credit. If there's losses, he'll point to somebody else. That's not a leader. That's not a leader. It's a loser. And what's his agenda? He has no agenda. None. He basically said so. He has no agenda other than bipartisanship and find things he can agree on with the, uh, with the Marxist Democrats. That's why we get nowhere when we take the Senate and the House. We get absolutely nowhere with a, with a lug, a slug like him. Now, we're going to have to speak out and raise our voices and make demands of our senators. This guy's got to go. Or we're going to go nowhere. Fast. When they win, they make progress. When we win, we step back 10 steps. I'll be right back. My friends, I know you love freedom and want to defend it. And I know you love the Constitution. Well, so do I. And it's the same with Hillsdale College, the best liberal arts college in America. Hillsdale's mission is pursuing truth and defending liberty. It gives its undergraduate and graduate students the best education, and it is working to make this education available to all. But today, I want to tell you about Hillsdale's free monthly speech digest of liberty. It's called Imprimus. Over 6 million households and businesses receive Imprimus for free every month, and you can join them by subscribing at levinforhillsdale.com. 
There are no strings attached. Generous donors who love freedom make it possible for Hillsdale to send in Primus to you for free. And Primus is one of my favorite publications. It's short, smart, useful, and fun. Start receiving your own free copy of this great digest of liberty. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. The new American Revolution starts here. The Mark Levin Show. Call in at 877-381-3811. You know, folks, uh, I just want to mention something about this business, you know, the radio business. But some of us are actually good friends in this business. Not all of us. Some of us. I don't look for enemies. Some reason I get them, but I don't look for them. Um, three years ago today, my mother passed away. And I happened to be in Florida. I wasn't planning on being in Florida today, but something happened yesterday, which I have kind of referred to in a very ambiguous way. So, of course, I visited her and my father. They are buried in the same place. And I spoke to them, which I do often. And then I was driving back home to our house. I remembered the funeral for both, and it was a very small funeral for both of them. Very small. And when my father passed away at the funeral, we didn't make any announcement or anything. And I got up to speak, which was not easy. And there in the back row were the Bonginos. Just showed up. You don't forget something like that. You don't forget something like that. In Judaism, you call somebody like that a mensch. You know, you get busy, you get busy with family, you get busy with your own aches and pains, you get busy and so forth, but he's a good man. In addition to being good at everything else he does, he's a good human being. So I just want to mention that in passing because uh, that was something that came to mind today as a result of where I was. All right, let's move on here. You know, uh, this site, The Federalist, to me it's become like the new National Review site. Now what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is very smart writers. Nobody's obsessed with anything. Nobody has a chip on their shoulder. But they're concerned about the mission. They understand what's happening to the country. They have very smart people who are writing there. We have that going on at The Blaze. We have it going on at The Daily Wire, The Daily Caller, and so forth. But I wanted to mention The Federalist, too. It is, a, uh, it is an excellent site. If you have these sites and others, you can't go wrong. Of course, Breitbart... One of the gems. But there's 10 or 15 sites. 
And they're mostly run by young people and mostly young people who write for them. Not, not exclusively. And they're just really good, really smart. They really have their act together. I am proud to be associated with Blaze Media and, of course, Levin TV. And, and the young people, mostly young people who write there. But I'm proud of all you folks who are doing this, all of you. And if I missed your site, I apologize. I've probably looked at it and probably often do. But we have a group of young people, younger than me anyway, who really are cutting edge. And they're not the future, they're the present and the future. And they are doing a fantastic job, and I am so proud of them. And I just want you all to know those of you who are involved working in the, in the fields of this battle, what I think of you, because I don't think I take enough time to say so. When I bring individuals in here, when I can't be here, these are individuals who are younger than I am. These are individuals who tend to be local hosts on our affiliates who could easily do national shows. I want to help people. I have throughout my career. Because one day I'm not going to be here by hook or by crook. I'm not jealous of them. I celebrate them. Do I get annoyed with some other host? Well, of course I do. You know that. You've heard me. That's not what I'm talking about. So I wanted to mention that too. Liz Cheney called electoral objections unconstitutional and then sided with Democrats who'd done it for years. And this is by Tristan Justice at the Federalist. I don't know Tristan Justice, but Tristan Justice is a hell of a thinker and writer. Yes, he is. In their final phone conversation before rivalries emerged, Wyoming Representative Liz Cheney called political ally turned primary challenger Harriet Hageman to weigh the consequences of demanding that President Trump concede the election. In Cheney's recounting of the call in the New York Times on Wednesday, of course, she's now a favorite of the New York Times. They will use her, chew her up, and spit her out. The same newspaper who brutalized her family and her father. She's so obsessed right now, it's okay by her. And she's working with a newspaper that covered up the Holocaust. The incumbent congresswoman, who had just captured her third term at the time of the call, told Hageman it was unconstitutional to cast objections over the electoral votes of other states. Now, I would ask Liz Cheney, based on what? You may not think they should. Maybe that's the most logical conclusion. But what's it based on? What part of the Constitution? No part of the Constitution. None. The Constitution is silent on this matter. She can't point to anything. And she said that she warned of setting a precedent that would allow Democrats in Congress to decide the legality of Wyoming's electoral votes, the Times reported. Except the precedent had already been set by Cheney's own allies on the January 6th committee. This is my point. Her alliances are really strange. Repugnant, in fact. 
In 2017, Democrats objected to more states attempting to certify their electoral votes than Republicans did last year. You wouldn't know this but for the fact the Federalists published this. No other media organization, NBC, ABC, CBS, the New York Times that's interviewing Liz Cheney didn't even bother to look because they didn't want to see. Democrat representatives, Jim McGovern of Massachusetts, Pramilia Jayapal of Washington, Raul Grijalyev of Arizona, Sheila Jackson Lee of Texas, Barbara Lee and Maxine Waters of California, and Jamie Raskin of Maryland, I've told you about him, who was an impeachment manager and now serves a long slide Cheney on the House probe to criminalize such conduct, each objected to Trump's 2016 victory citing Russian interference and alleged voter suppression. Democrats then embarked on a four-year campaign, I'd call the jihad, to achieve the top on their policy agenda of impeachment, with made-up narratives of Trump-Russia collusion, allegedly illegal Ukrainian interference, and incitement of insurrection, quote-unquote, as the finale with Cheney's support. I will fight every day until he's impeached, Waters cried out in Washington three months after Trump's inauguration, which he boycotted in protest. Democrats also objected to electoral certification in 2005 and 2001 following George W. Bush's two victories. Cheney told the Times she was bewildered to find that Hegman didn't share the view that Republicans were unable to raise the same concerns over election integrity that Democrats did in the last three out of five contests. I was surprised that she seemed not to be exactly where I was on the issue, Cheney told the paper. She mingled with reporters instead of crazy constituents, I thought she would have been. Hegman told the paper she made clear to Cheney that Republicans were able to invoke the same procedural rules as Democrats over the prior two decades. I just said I think there were some legitimate questions, and we have every right to ask them. She told the Times, this is America. We get to ask questions. The two are now competing for the state's sole seat in the lower chamber, while Cheney, the incumbent large lawmaker, escalates her attacks on Trump and his supporters in her state, which Trump won by a wider margin than anywhere else in the country a year and a half ago. She's in touch with her constituents in McLean, Virginia. Hegman, a land-use attorney and former longtime political confidant of Cheney's, launched her own campaign for the House with Trump's endorsement late last summer. When she ran for Congress the first time, she asked me to introduce her at the Republican State Convention, Hegman told supporters at a campaign kickoff in Cheyenne. Had I known what she would do in f- five years later and side with Nancy Pelosi and the radical left, I would have never answered her first phone call. Hegman told the Federalist immediately after the speech that it was Cheney's crusade to punish Republican voters for raising questions over the election's outcome, which featured historic turnout in the form of mail-in ballots that ultimately severed their relationship. Now, once again, for the four billionth time, these people who pose as constitutionalists are frauds and phonies. They are fakes. Absolute fakes. Not one of them addresses Article 2, Section 1, Clause 2, Paragraph 2. Not one of them, including Liz Cheney. Not one of them. 
when state after state after state saw the same Mark Elias who's trying to have individual Republican candidates nullified under the 14th Amendment. He and his slip-and-fall surrogates, colleagues, went from state to state to state to persuade Democrat-elected judges, Democrat-elected secretaries of state, Democrat-elected governors to change the laws in each of these states to benefit the Democrats and the Biden campaign, which they most certainly did, in violation of the federal constitution, where only the state legislatures have the power to do so. These Democrats, the media, the legal analysts, the Never Trumpers, National Review, the Wall Street Journal, they keep talking about the the election statute that was passed in 1887. But they won't talk actually about the Constitution. They won't do it. So long before there was a January 6th, long before there was a January 6th, and by the way, under that statute, the governor in the end, certifies the electors. So, pretty neat trick. In the end, so much of what was done in the states was unconstitutional. And as I've told you, in 2000, the same Bushies, the same Rhinos, the same number of Trumpers who, who pray to the good Lord that the Rehnquist Supreme Court stepped in to stop the Florida Supreme Court from appointing Al Gore as President of the United States with its constant change of the electoral system. The Roberts Court refused to do it. Because Roberts has neither the intelligence, fortitude, or courage to stand up to the mob. The way Rehnquist did. The 2000 decision, the court said enough and put down the Florida Supreme Court, but it didn't it didn't even take up what the Pennsylvania Supreme Court had done or any of the other courts. Despite the fact that Clarence Thomas and clearly Sam Alito wanted to do it, we believe Gorsuch did too. So I just want to point this out. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. My friends, I know you love freedom and want to defend it. And I know you love the Constitution. Well, so do I. And it's the same with Hillsdale College, the best liberal arts college in America. Hillsdale's mission is pursuing truth and defending liberty. It gives its undergraduate and graduate students the best education, and it is working to make this education available to all. But today, I want to tell you about Hillsdale's free monthly speech digest of liberty. It's called Imprimus. Over 6 million households and businesses receive Imprimus for free every month. And you can join them by subscribing at levinforhillsdale.com. There are no strings attached. Generous donors who love freedom make it possible for Hillsdale to send Imprimus to you for free. Imprimus is one of my favorite publications. It's short, smart, useful, and fun. Start receiving your own free copy of this great digest of liberty. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. We need to discuss inflation. Because the media and the Democrat Party are blaming the virus. 
Did you know, Mr. Producer, in America, that the virus voted for massive spending? Did you know this? The virus voted. That's right. It voted for massive deficit spending like this nation has never experienced. The vast majority of which didn't even go to it, the virus. The vast majority of which went to projects, new entitlements. You're not even aware of it yet. None of us are. Because we don't have a participatory government anymore. They put together these big bills. They report on it like it's a tennis match. Whoa, look at this. Love zero. I don't even know what the hell I'm talking about. You know, love zero. But anyway, that would be zero, right? Love is zero. Love 20. Ah, whatever. So anyway, here's the thing. All it did is it took an economy that was recovering and spiked it, jacked it up, printed tons and tons of money like we've never seen before. At the same time, Biden comes in and shuts down our economic system, shuts down oil drilling and energy production, issues regulations on businesses that have nothing to do with business, everything to do with race, genitalia, God knows what else, unleashes the bureaucracy that hates the private sector. And then they wonder why we have inflation. While we have inflation, I want to talk about it because this damn thing is an economic killer. I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, Not just America. We're heard throughout Canada. Throughout the world, actually. Did you know this? Throughout the world. Throughout the universe. Even the UFOs hear us. Back in November, I mentioned that there was an Israeli immunologist, stick with me, who saw this Omicron variant and said this might be the light at the end of the tunnel. And this was reported by I-24 News in Israel. Hebrew University professor says highly infectious but less aggressive variant could signal end of the pandemic. The Omicron variant could be a turning point in the fight against the coronavirus pandemic. In my view, he said, maybe this new variant is the light at the end of the tunnel. Professor Zvika Grano. This is a variant that is highly infectious, but maybe not as aggressive. He cited the data coming from South Africa, where the mutated version of COVID-19 was the first detected with health authorities. They're reporting that many people were infected, but the symptoms were mild. 
Remember, we talked about this. Angeli Kotezi, chair of the South African Medical Association, is the doctor who first alerted officials of the new strain. She said that dozens of her patients suspected of having the new variant only showed mild symptoms and recovered fully without hospitalization. Now, at this time, when we talked about this, Biden, Fauci, and the rest of the uh, quacks were putting their foot down on the gas pedal. Really angry that people hadn't been vaccinated. Really angry that people weren't using masks. Really angry, and they were regressing back to you know, if you're inside, don't do this, and we got to vaccine the children, and we got to wear the masks and do this and that. Remember all that? Renault said that the virus will likely be with us for many years with new variants circulating, but not at the level of a pandemic. As the coronavirus evolves, it will be less and less aggressive, the professor said. Moderna CEO Stefan Bancel warned that the pharmaceutical company's COVID vaccine may be less effective against the Omicron variant. But the professor cautioned against coming to conclusions at this point as to the effectiveness of existing inoculations, saying that more testing is necessary. Here's what the professor was saying. The professor was saying what professors have been saying for two years. There's eventually going to be herd immunity, and this thing will take its course. We will do everything we can to save as many lives as we can. We'll do everything we can with vaccines and therapeutics. But there's only so much that can be done. It will take its course. And ladies and gentlemen, it has taken its course. Yes, people will still get ill. Some people will still die. It's taken its course. Johns Hopkins, probably the leading hospital in the country, certainly one of them, issues a report saying lockdowns have effectively had no impact on the spread or lack thereof of this virus. None. Nothing discernible, nothing in any significant way. Masks are utterly unnecessary right now. You see Democrat governors lifting mask requirements. It's very bizarre, like the governor of New Jersey said, on March 7th, the mask requirements are lifted. March 7th? What's wrong with February 9th and 10th, Mr. Producer? Something going to change in three and a half weeks? So there's real scientists, and then there's bureaucrats who are power-hungry. Politicians who are power hungry. And now the Democrats are saying that the reason this pandemic is phasing out is because they spent enormous sums of money under the whatever the hell call it act. They, and that, you see, ladies and gentlemen, the healthcare infrastructure. That's what did it. Which got me to thinking, you look at inflation. I'm sure hosts spend a lot of time talking about inflation. You look at the cost of food. You look at, you look at your pocketbook or your wallet, what's going on in this country. You look at the cost of fuel. 
the cost of everything is ridiculous, and yet you see empty shelves, difficult uh, at times to get certain things. You think about the way this pandemic was handled, particularly among Democrats and Democrat states. The Democrat Party zaps the American people of their willpower. The Democrat Party zaps the American people of their spirit, the American spirit. The Democrat Party crushes the American attitude. That's what it does. Where people throw up their hands, they lose their businesses and jobs, some of them migrate over to the welfare state. What can I do? What can we do? When you think about Reagan, the shining city on a hill, you never see or hear that sort of thing from the Democrats. It's always trash the country, trash the American people. Turn one segment of society against another. And what better way to do that than race, as an example? What better way to do that than a pandemic? Those who are vaccinated, those who aren't. Those who wear masks, those who don't. And that is what has been taking place in this country. Under the Democrats. Whether it's the official Democrats, those who are elected, or those who dress up as phony journalists, and guests and commentators... That's what's going on. This is a war against the psyche of the American people. This is a war against the spirit of Americanism. This is an American Marxist movement that takes all kinds of forms, exploits all kinds of opportunities, and lies and pushes propaganda. So you have Hakeem Jeffries, who hopes to be the next Speaker of the House who actually goes out there and says Joe Biden deserves credit, the Democrats deserve credit for the fact that this pandemic is waning now. This is how they treat the climate. If you surrender more of your liberty, if you you open your checking account and your savings account and your pension to their grab to them stealing it for their favorite programs and bureaucrats and so forth and so on, then they'll improve the climate. The Democrats will actually improve the climate. Folks, the Democrats can't even secure the border. The Democrats can't even add one and one. Exactly who among them is going to improve the climate? Which Democrat? Which group of Democrats? Exactly which scientist, which expert, which professor, which academic? Which one is going to improve the climate? Which one? None of them. None of them are going to improve the climate. What does that even mean, improve the climate? Is there a specific temperature? Specific amount of rain and snow? Specific amount of wind? What is it? What are they going to improve exactly? Nothing. You hear these people speak. You see them in action. 
they create most of the problems you live with. In fact, I want you to think about this. The federal government and some state governments create most of the problems that you have to deal with. I'm not talking about if you have a problem with a kid or a parent. I'm talking about most of the problems that you have to address each day, whether it's bureaucracy, whether it's regulation, whether it's taxes, whether it's threats, whether it's some kind of a fine or a penalty, whatever it is. The federal government and many of the more aggressive state governments create most of the problems you have day in and day out, apart from, you know, as I say, personal family issues. We are freer with, without so many of these regulations. Let me, let me put it the other way. As Senator Laxalt, the late senator from Nevada, told me, as I've told you many times, every day Congress meets, we lose some of our power, some of our freedom. But it's not just Congress. It's the bureaucracy. It's the courts. It's the executive branch. State governments. When has your liberty been expanded? When? Where? When has it been expanded? When is liberty used as a winning campaign issue? Almost never, including by Republicans. I just told you what Marble Mouth and Mumbleface said, McConnell. He has no forward-looking plan should the Republicans take the House, the, uh, excuse me, the Senate, to expand your liberty, to expand capitalism, to expand your unalienable right. None of it. He doesn't even think that way. He has no plan whatsoever. No idea whatsoever. Because he's a Washington animal. As much as any other Washington animal. But the Democrat Party is about crushing your free will. It's about crushing your confidence. It's about crushing your motivation. It's about taxing you without passing a tax bill. It's about making your life difficult. As difficult as possible. And then telling you that they'll fix it. They'll fix it. Just give them more power and more of your money. So it's bigger than inflation, which is bad enough. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Inflation under our current administration is at 40-year highs. Everything's more expensive. Cars, gas, groceries, housing, cost of living increases are bankrupting Americans, which is why you need to find areas in your life where you can actually save money. And your wireless bill is one of them. Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile all overcharge you for the same service you could be getting from Pure Talk at a fraction of the cost. That's why I'm a customer and why you should be one, too. And listen to this. The more lines you have, the more you save. Right now, you can get four lines, talk, text, and data for just 64 bucks. That's not per line. That's total, which is how the average family is saving over $800 a year. 
Find out how much you can save. So do this. Go to puretalk.com. Find the plan that's right for you. Find the phone that's right for you. Or just bring your own. Then this month only, enter promo code LEVINPODCAST, and you'll save an additional 25% off your first three months. That's puretalk.com, promo code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, podcast. I want to finish what this uh, Israeli professor, scientist, said two and a half, almost three months ago. The way that it will end, meaning the, uh, the pandemic, is when we encounter this new variant, Omicron, that is highly infectious but is not very aggressive, meaning that a lot of people will get infected but none of them will develop serious symptoms. And in a sense, that will be the way the population will gain herd immunity. And then the coronavirus will just fade away. Is that not exactly what's been happening, Mr. Producer? And no thanks to the media and big tech in this country were you aware of this. Because the media and big tech would never permit something like this to be said because it went against Fauci and the government. The very reason to have a media, the very reason to have a social media platform is to do exactly that, to challenge the government, to challenge their so-called experts, their so-called scientists, to challenge their politicians, to challenge their decisions. But instead, they embrace them, they enforce them, they regurgitate them, and they censor on behalf of the government. Fauci has demonstrated himself in my view, to be a quack. He didn't say what this Israeli professor said back then. He was still pushing masks and vaccines. Professor Zvika Renault at the Hebrew University was exactly right. When the Omicron hit, when South Africa announced it, he said this is likely the end. Because this will expand herd immunity quickly, without the deaths, and people will be, if you will, immune. The herd immunity crowd in Stanford, Yale, some of these other universities and colleges, were right. They've always been right. But so is President Trump. You don't just roll over. Develop vaccines, you develop therapeutics. People need to defend themselves against these viruses. But you don't destroy the economy. You don't put people in jail. You don't humiliate people. You don't put the scarlet letter on their forehead if they run a gym or a restaurant. Or if they're a rabbi or a priest or a preacher. And shut down their, their houses of worship. Or use it to attack the Second Amendment in gun shops. Use it for political purposes. The vaccinated versus the unvaccinated. Use it to get elected, at least theoretically, that Donald Trump is responsible for every dead person. And yet we don't hear that about Biden, do we? We don't see the charts on TV anymore, do we, ladies and gentlemen? No. 
And it's interesting, a couple of weeks ago, I said right here behind this microphone, we're not hearing a lot now demanding that people get vaccinated, are we, Mr. Producer? Remember that? Where did they go? Look, I'm just an observer. A keen observer. I know what's, you know, circle, circulating out there. But all of a sudden, there's no more talk about you must get vaccinated. Why? Because the Democrats were trying to figure out what posture they should take. And they needed their, their phony bureaucrats, science and uh, medical experts, quote-unquote, to give them some information, give them some advice. What should they do? Well, they're too slow, so they're moving on their own now. And so the Democrats are now trying to take credit. Because it is a poisonous organization, the Democrat Party. Poisonous. They're destroying our health care system. They've destroyed our border. They're destroying our finances. They're destroying our schools, our textbooks. I'll tell you a little story. <clears throat> this is Black History Month. I'm not opposed to Black History Month. I want people to learn about Martin Luther King and Frederick Douglass and so many great brilliant black men and women who suffered horribly and accomplished a tremendous amount. That's an illustration. That's an example. But that's not what's happening in many classrooms across the country, even in the state of Tennessee. I'll explain. Am I out of time here? I don't have enough time in 40 seconds, but I will explain. Because it's important for you to know that they're not teaching this sort of thing. They're teaching wokeness. Wokeness. I'll give you an example when I return. Inflation under our current administration is at 40-year highs. Everything's more expensive. Cars, gas, groceries, housing, cost of living increases are bankrupting Americans. Which is why you need to find areas in your life where you can actually save money. And your wireless bill is one of them. Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile all overcharge you for the same service you could be getting from Pure Talk at a fraction of the cost. That's why I'm a customer and why you should be one too. And listen to this. The more lines you have, the more you save. Right now, you can get four lines, talk, text, and data for just 64 bucks. That's not per line. That's total, which is how the average family is saving over $800 a year. Find out how much you can save. So do this. Go to puretalk.com. Find the plan that's right for you. Find the phone that's right for you. Or just bring your own. Then, this month only, enter promo code Levin Podcast, and you'll save an additional 25% off your first three months. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin, L-E-V-I-N, podcast. Nobody says it better than Mark Levin. I'll go with what Mark Levin said, because nobody could say it better. Call in now at 877-381-3811. You think you're in some of these conservative states and your kids are safe. They're not. School districts and schools ignore what the state legislatures do. Or if the state legislatures are still debating, they move ahead. Black History Month. 
That never used to be controversial. A lot of great men and women who deserved to brought to the attention of the students. I think so. So I know about this, this little girl. One case. She came home and she told her mother that she did a videotape. A videotape? Yes. She was given a script to read. And she did a videotape for the entire school. About another person who complained to the school system that she had been going to some years before that all the books seemed to be about white boys and their dogs or something to that effect. And she didn't want to read anymore about white boys and their dogs. And so she began this journey to change the system so there'd be more than stories about white boys and their dogs. Of course, there are more than stories about white boys and their dogs. There were more stories than that when I was a kid. And so she read about that. So rather than talking about a brilliant person in black community, in our history, and the achievements that they, that they accomplished, it was about another woke case, about activism, and about how the country sucks. And that parent was not contacted in advance. That parent never saw the script. I happen to know this as a matter of fact because that was my granddaughter. And they're still required to wear a mask for seven hours a day. They're still required to mask, wear a mask seven hours a day even though you just heard that there are Democrat governors all over the country who are now throwing in the towel on that. Do you know why they're required to wear a mask every day? Let's be honest with ourselves. Because the teachers' unions demand it. These kids are the least likely to get ill, let alone deadly ill, from any of this. And these kids are the most likely to suffer as a result of wearing masks seven hours a day. And you know, as a pedestrian, may I say a non-scientist, but somebody uses my head, I keep saying that at some point, someday, real scientists are going to look back and say, you know, wearing a mask every day for seven hours and inhaling your own carbon dioxide was a terrible, terrible health risk. That is, it was terribly unhealthy. And I would ask the same question I've asked for months and months, really more than a year. If we're concerned about carbon dioxide, Mr. Producer, and its effects on the entire planet, climate change, when you put a mask over your face and inhale what you exhale, carbon dioxide, 
how does that not cause harm in some way or form? How does it? And in Tennessee, the governor was one of the first to list the mask mandate, uh, to lift the, the uh, mask mandate, and that the school still does it. Because they're following the CDC guidelines. What CDC? Based on what? Where's the science? I want to see one serious scientific report. There are none. It's about power. It's about the school system coming between you and your little ones. It's about who controls the schools. In Virginia, you can move all around the country. You still have these rogue, hard-left school boards and superintendents who don't give a damn about the kids and never did. And by the way, this has been now demonstrated by the conduct of most of these unions and these boards and these superintendents over the course of the last couple of years. Fighting the governor, Governor Youngkin, who says it should be a parent's choice. Even in the bluest of blue states, they're stopping. But you can see they're going to fight to the bitter end. And, of course, the Washington Compost says, hey, what's up with Yunkin? We, we thought he was a moderate rhino. He turns out he's actually, he's actually effective at what he's doing. We didn't expect that. Horrific. What's going on? And you look at inflation. The Biden administration has lied to us from the start. First, it's transitory. It's big meat. Big oil. Now it's big government. Big government. This is from last year. Biden and his administration say inflation will be temporary. Cut one, go. Talk of inflation. The overwhelming consensus is going to pop up a little bit and then go back down. No one's talking about this great, great deal. And the data shows that most of the price increases we've seen are, were expected and are expected to be temporary. But I think over the medium term, we'll see inflation decline back toward normal levels. It's un- highly unlikely that's going to be long-term inflation that's going to get out of hand. If you take out those three categories, we've actually seen in- uh, price increases that are more in line with uh, historical norms. The faster than expected increase in some of those prices is actually a good sign. This is something that will uh, settle down. Transitory. <laughs> Transitory. <laughs> President Biden's chief of staff, Ron Klain, enthusiastically retweeted an economist who had said in part most of the economic problems we're facing, inflation, supply chains, etc., are high-class problems. There's nobody suggesting that unchecked inflation on the way. What is the grand home plan to increase oil production in America? <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> that is hilarious. The tragedy of the short, the treadmill that's delayed. One White House official snarking. You're just not going to be able to get the jacket in 15 colors, but at least you'll get a jacket. It turns out that what I've done so far, what we've done so far, is a mistake. It's going to show. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that is hilarious. Mm-hmm. It's hilarious, folks. They don't care about you. 
Look how they turn on the truckers. They used to expect the truckers to vote Democrat. Many of them, not all, of course, were members of the Teamsters and so forth. The working class, they're at war with the working class in America. Whether you work in a steel mill, a coal mine, an oil patch, whether you're a trucker, bus driver, taxi driver, Uber driver, with the prices going through the roof. They don't care. If you're a salesman or a saleswoman and you have to drive your vehicle, they don't care. They'd rather talk about fluff, big things, you know, rearrange society. When you rearrange society, that means your life is going to be rearranged, whether you accept that or not. Whether you agree or not, you're not consulted. You're not consulted. We're only going to raise taxes on the rich. I told you when they said that. That is a lie. They're going to raise taxes on everybody. They have to if they're going to get what they want. We've barely seen the consequences of this, ladies and gentlemen. Let me tell you another little secret. Right now, the federal government budgets for a very or relatively small percentage Relatively small percentage of spending on the interest on the debt. Do you know what happens when that interest clicks up one point, two point, three points? It's a massive increase in federal spending. This is one of the secret reasons the Fed is trying to keep interest rates down. One of the reasons is they're caught in a cycle. If they increase interest rates... The federal government, the Treasury, has to pay an incredibly enormous increased amount on the interest because of the debt that they've created. So the debt gets bigger. This is the problem with inflation. This is the problem when they come into office and they spend like drunken Marxists. This is the problem with the get back better, bigger, whatever the hell the damn the program is. And even today, mumble mouth, he says his build back better plan will help. Cut to Mr. Producer, go. Because we need to ease the burden on working families by making everything more affordable and accessible. Look, again, slight digression. Inflation is up. It's up. And coming from a family when the price of gas went up, you felt it in the household. No, no, you didn't. And stop lying. No, you didn't. You didn't come from a poor family. Just shut your big pie hole. Go ahead. Matters. But the fact is that if we are able to do the things I'm talking about here, it'll bring down the cost for average families. No, it won't. Why does anyone believe this, this man anymore? Why does anybody believe this snake oil salesman anymore? Why does anybody believe this man? Do the 9,000 citizens left behind in Afghanistan fending for themselves, do you think they believe this man? Even those who voted for him, do you think they believe a man who turns his back on 9,000 Americans who are still in Taliban country? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin.
Inflation under our current administration is at 40-year highs. Everything's more expensive. Cars, gas, groceries, housing, cost of living increases are bankrupting Americans, which is why you need to find areas in your life where you can actually save money. And your wireless bill is one of them. Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile all overcharge you for the same service you could be getting from Pure Talk at a fraction of the cost. That's why I'm a customer and why you should be one, too. And listen to this. The more lines you have, the more you save. Right now, you can get four lines, talk, text, and data for just 64 bucks. That's not per line. That's total, which is how the average family is saving over $800 a year. Find out how much you can save. So do this. Go to puretalk.com. Find the plan that's right for you. Find the phone that's right for you. Or just bring your own. Then, this month only, enter promo code Levin Podcast, and you'll save an additional 25% off your first three months. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin, L-E-V-I-N, podcast. Now, folks, I've been talking about impeachment in the 25th Amendment, as you know, in a much more... Uh, aggressive manner. And I notice some of the backbenchers in radio and TV are starting to do that too. Have you noticed that, Mr. Producer? This is a good thing. This is why you listen to the program. We make the case. We don't just pop off. We've made the case that Joe Biden needs to be removed from office. Not just because he has the mind of a squid, but also because He's violating the Constitution. He's refusing to enforce statutory law. Uh, We call on Mitch McConnell to call for his impeachment. Mitch McConnell's too busy sabotaging Donald Trump and his supporters. That's what's going on. He's obsessed, Mitch is. In the end, Mitch hated the Tea Party. He hates the conservative movement. He hated the Reagan movement. He hates those of us, those of you who are rising up now. He'd much rather be interviewed by the New York Slimes, the Washington Compost, and Politico, certainly than me, because I would ask him some tough questions. Uh, Peter Schweizer nailed, the, uh, nailed it on the head when he explained how he's all gummed up with the communist Chinese. I don't know how the Republicans could have him as a leader. I just don't get it. And yet there they are, weak. Week. Here's Biden uh, blaming COVID. Okay, so why vote for this guy? He's no power to do anything, but he has power to do everything. I mean, it doesn't even make any sense. Cut three, go. The fact is that we're in a situation now where, uh, um, you know, you should have peace of mind. I know food prices are up, and we're working to bring them down. As I said, I grew up in a family where the price. We don't give a damn up. how you grew up, dummy. We, uh, you, you keep pretending you and your family had to work your way up from the bottom. Who are you kidding? You big moron. Who are you kidding? Uh, I know. Why does he sound like some guy on an eight hundred line, Mister Producer? I know food prices are up, and. We're working on bringing them down. How are they working? How are they working on bringing down food prices? Does anybody know? Anybody, raise your hand. Not you, you jerk in the back. Tell me. He's not doing anything of the sort. Go ahead. I understand. But these things are necessities. We're working to bring down prices where they're not totally what the families, in you, fact, you don't, uh, you, you, 
you, you, you're moronic. You don't even make any sense. Uh, we're working to bring down prices, and uh, all we're doing is driving up the cost of oil and fuel or driving up the cost of doing business, you know. We're working on it. Well, stop working on it. You're killing us. I'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. I agree, this Justin Trudeau looks a lot like Fidel Castro. But anyway, hello America, I am Mark Levin, our number is 877 381-381-1877-381-381-381-381-381-381-381-381-381-381-381-381-381-381-381-381-381-381-381-381-381-381-381-381-381-381-381-381-381-381-381-381-381-381-381-381-381-381-381-381-381-381-381-381-381-381-381
You have something to add to this now that is really uh, earth-shattering, but of course, nobody else will comment on it but me. So go ahead and tell us what happened. So after we ran that article, and you and I chatted last week, a federal judge, Trevor McFadden, a Trump appointee who's been playing along with DOJ for the entire time, keeping people behind bars, etc., I guess finally realized what a scam this was, and in a filing today, motion today, very strongly worded motion, condemned the government for repeatedly lying that Kamala Harris was in the Capitol building, using that as the premise for all of these hundreds of misdemeanor charges, leaving it uncorrected in superseding indictments, including the case that he was hearing today, and basically accusing the government of of acting improperly. Uh, He says, and I quote, this all suggests a certain lack of attention and care in the prosecution of this case, undermining any confidence the court can have in the government's representations, basically calling out DOJ for lying and furthermore, Mark, for misleading a grand jury for over a year, telling them the basis for these charges was the fact that Kamala Harris and Mike Pence were in the building that day. I take it they were not in the building that day, or at least not in the building when this occurred then, correct? Well, get this, Mark. This is even more intriguing. Kamala Harris not only was not in the Capitol building, she was at the headquarters of the Democratic National Committee, the same building where an alleged pipe bomb was recovered by Capitol Police a little after 1 o'clock that day. Now, this has been concealed from the public since January 6th, uh, she has never specified where she was. Capitol Police have never testified that she was there. Uh, this reporting just came out in a timeline Capitol Police apparently gave in another court case and uh, was reported by Politico. So that's even more interesting because, of course, as you know, Mark, we still haven't found the pipe bomber, right? I mean, we could track down the Indiana Meemaw who went in the Capitol for five minutes and took selfies. But the guy who not only planted a pipe bomb outside the DNC and RNC headquarters, but allegedly threatened the life of a sitting U.S. senator and an incoming vice president. But the FBI seems to have no interest in trying to track down who that person is. So Harris was not in the building, despite repeated uh, assertions by the Department of Justice in these various AUSAs that she obviously was. And apparently Pence, I'm just inferring that from what the judge said, what you read, was not either. Now, that seems to me very simple to figure that out, including for the rest of the media, but they don't care. So now what's going to happen, all these cases that have already come and gone and all the cases that are going forward? I wonder if this judge is going to hold anybody in contempt. I wonder if this judge is going to compel the... the, I don't know, the cleansing of certain of the records of certain of the individuals. I mean, did he make any indication of what he's going to do about it? He didn't. But, I mean, how can they not, Mark? I'm an attorney. I know you are. But how how can they not? Literally, almost every single defendant of the 730, as you read from my piece, has one of these trespassing charges. This is the basis for why the building was supposed to be off limits. So how can they not reprimand or or somehow punish the DOJ or just automatically dismiss every single one of these charges in these cases. Um, What McFadden said today, furthermore, 
the DOJ does not want defense to cross-examine the Secret Service as to the specific location of Mike Pence, which still is very sketchy. So McFadden today denied the prosecution's motion to limit cross-examination of, of Secret Service agents. They have to tell the jury exactly where um, Mike Pence was inside the building because they repeatedly said Mike Pence was in the building, not in the garage, not in Capitol Complex somewhere, in the building. That appears to not be true as well. So you could have not just one lie told by DOJ to federal courts, to defendants, to grand juries, but we could have two lies, egregious lies, animating lies about January 6th that this DOJ is responsible for. I certainly hope Judge McFadden is serious about this. I mean, it's not enough to write things down in an order or in a decision that he follows up on this, because if we have a long train of uh, lies here, using the same lie over and over and over again, and clearly then the uh, uh, the Department of Justice would have known what it is doing, uh, people's heads need the roll. I mean, from a legal mm-hmm. perspective, you cannot have that sort of thing. People need to be punished. I don't know, when I used to go into court, it's been a long time, but when I used to go into court, I did everything humanly possible to make sure any representation that I made was accurate, and I wasn't prosecuting anybody. I mean, when you're prosecuting somebody, you better make sure you're telling the truth. And apparently they weren't telling the truth because Kamala Harris wasn't in the building. That we know is a matter of fact. So hopefully every defense lawyer in this case is now going to file a motion of one sort or another in front of the judge uh, where this case... But let me ask you this, Julie. If this judge knew it, the other judges had to know it too, didn't they? They, they all talked. sure did. They've known it for months, Mark. The chief judge, Beryl Howell, had to be uh, corrected in court. In a court hearing in November, a prosecutor said, when she was talking about Kamala Harris having to flee the building, and a prosecutor had to say, oh, I'm sorry, Judge, we we just found out recently she wasn't in the building. The chief judge has known about it for three months and and has done nothing. Now, these are the same judges throwing people pleading guilty to parading in the Capitol, throwing them in jail for 60 days keeping 70-plus men detained behind bars awaiting trial, not convicted of any crime, but yet they can't fix this. And one of them wants to go to the Supreme Court, as I understand it. Tanya Chutkin, she sure does. Or at least is under consideration for the uh, Supreme Court. Well, this is appalling, and I want to thank you. You're absolutely terrific. I want to give you the Mark Levin Award. Can I do that? Oh, my God. Yes. I haven't given one of those out. I just curated it just this minute. Stop it. Stop. Yes. It's better than the Pulitzer, believe me. I'm glad you're right, face right now. <laughs> well, fantastic. We give you the first official Mark Levin Award. Oh, my gosh. Thank you, Mark. Well, All thank right. you for covering this. You, you've been so helpful in spreading the word. Well, God bless you. Keep it up. We appreciate you very much. Julie Kelly, look at that. What are they going to do about this? This is a serious matter. The government's been lying time and time again in order for some of these charges to stand. I'm sure the rest of the media is going to cover this. Even some of my friends who are journalists, I'm sure they're going to rush right in and cover this. I won't humiliate them by mentioning their names. I'll be right back. Mark in.
Well, it's a pleasure to have uh, with us tonight Congressman Troy Nels. How are you, sir? It's good to be with you, great one. We've met some time ago before you were a congressman. Now, you were uh, in law enforcement, correct? That is correct. For 30 years, eight years as a sheriff, and I met you in Colorado. I remember. You're, you're a good man. So you're in law enforcement, eight years as a sheriff. Tell the American people, all 14 million of them, what happened to you in your office? Well, I discovered that the Capitol Police were in my office back in the month of November taking pictures of my whiteboard that had my legislative priorities on. Now, I asked the question, what were the Capitol Police doing inside my office? They claim that they found a door open to my office on a Saturday afternoon. So, allegedly, the officer walks into this open door, wide open door, looks around my office, makes sure there is no one inside my office that doesn't belong there, And then he starts looking around at papers and looks at my whiteboard, and he looks at that board and says, those were some of that. It looks suspicious to him. So he took a picture and then sent it to the command center, who then sent it to special agents, who then sent it to another supervisor in the special investigations uh, agency. And then I have three super secret investigators knocking on my door that following Monday, confronting one of my staffers as to the language on my whiteboard, which had everything to do with my legislative priorities. There was nothing suspicious about it, and and I find it insulting. But this is what happens. This is what happens to individuals that go against the grain, against Nancy Pelosi, I've been very vocal, great one, as it relates to January 6th and the assault on the Capitol, the killing of Ashley Babbitt. It's just so I've been very, very vocal critic, and they're coming after me. Mm-hmm. Boy, talk about interfering with the legislative process. Uh, I can't think of anything worse. So they go into your office. They're taking pictures of information. I cannot believe Nancy Pelosi would at some point know about this. Can you? Well, I believe that what what we know with Nancy Pelosi is that she has now weaponized. She has taken the Capitol Police now and using the Capitol Police, that federal law enforcement agency, has, as her own Gestapo. She's out there. She gets these intelligence agents and these investigators to go out and spy now on members of Congress. And it just isn't by coincidence. She came after me because she knows that McCarthy asked me to be one of the five on the select committee. She knows that I've done a great deal of research into January 6th. I know a little bit more about it than the average member of Congress. And now she's trying to silence me and intimidate me and, quite honestly, destroy me. And she's using the Capitol Police as that tool, as a way to do it. What can you do in response to this? Well, what I've done is I fight back. I said, well, let's have that conversation. Well, number one, I don't believe he had any authority, whatever officer it was, to take pictures in my office. I believe no. we, those are protected under the spe- uh, speech and debate clause in the Constitution. So I, I think that, number one, there's all sorts of problems there. But I'm pushing back. I'm fighting back. And the AG, 
that the Capitol Police, the IG, has stated, the IG has stated that he will conduct an investigation. He heard my story, and he's going to conduct an investigation. It's going to be an independent, standalone investigation, and I can't wait to see the result. Now, so you have an inspector general on Capitol Hill? That's correct, and he he is the inspector general over the Capitol Police, and he did a very, very good deep dive into January 6th, looking at the Senate reports and the Capitol Police, and identified numerous, Mark, numerous deficiencies with the intelligence section and the leadership of the Capitol Police. And quite honestly, he's, he's identified many things that need to be changed. It pretty much, he paraphrased it this way, there's a great deal of incompetence there. And January 6th should have never happened, Mark. The intelligence was there, but they did nothing with it. Mm-hmm. Right? They want to protect Pelosi, so they won't investigate what she yeah. knew, when she knew it, and what, if anything, she did. Well, that's exactly right. And what you see with this, this, this sham committee, Benny Thompson's made it very clear, Nancy's off limits. Mm-hmm. She's off limits. We're not going to talk about Nancy Pelosi. She lied to the American people yesterday when she said, I have no power over the Capitol Police. That is a bold-faced lie. She appoints the sergeant-at-arms. The sergeant-at-arms, when he walks into her office as well as the chief of police, I can, I can tell you they're at the position of attention. So, no, Nancy Pelosi controls everything up there. She controls the, the Capitol Police. So the idea to say... Well, we're going to look into January 6th, but you can't look into Nancy. She's off limits, but we're going to go after Steve Bannon, Mark Meadows, Donald Trump, and everybody related to Donald Trump and community organizers. People put the parades together and permitting. It, 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 it's a sad state of affairs that this select committee isn't out to seek the truth. That's the problem. No, it's a complete sham. There's no question about it. And... Uh... But this is uh, this is very troublesome. Um, I'm sh- I'm just trying to figure out how you can gather documentation. Are you able to sue her directly? Have you have you uh, consulted an attorney? Do you know? Well, I have spoken to an attorney, and I, my plan is to is to let the IG come back with his report, and I believe his report is going to favor my position. I believe he's going to come back and say that the Capitol Police have no authority whatsoever under any circumstance to start taking pictures inside members' offices of their legislative workings. Mm-mm-mm. Those those documents are protected. So once he comes back with his finding, then I'll get an attorney and I'll file some type of a civil suit to make sure the limited the limited integrity we have remaining in Washington and that big swamp of D.C. is protected. Members like me and all 434 others should feel protected and secure with our materials inside our office. And that's what I have to make sure if this can never happen again. Here you go. House launches probe of Trump's White House records, 15 boxes. I mean, this is all they do. Investigate an ex-president. 15 box. Here you have a member of Congress that it looks pretty clear to me. Somebody sent the, uh, the Capitol Police in there to gather information against you, sir. That's what they did. All right. I appreciate it. It's always a pleasure, my friend. You're a good man. We'll be back.
that allowed by law. The Mark Levin Show. Call now at 877-381-3811. You know, my contract doesn't come up for three years in radio. But I'm serious, Mr. Producer. I've got to do a fresh one-hour podcast somewhere along the line here. I've got more to say. I'm kind of, you know, worked up. I've got all this information. 30 minutes, the show is over. And, and, And I just leave it in the pile. I'm quite serious. Wonder what you folks think of this. I don't want you to call in and say, but I'm flirting with this idea. I don't know who should do it how I should do it, but it is something I'm mulling over, in all honesty, to the great dread of my my wife, who says, you already work too hard. Well, I don't dispute that, but nonetheless, I like what I do. Well, you just heard me speak to this outstanding congressman from uh, Texas. He's a good man. He's a very good man. And Nancy Pelosi's asked about this. You know, you, uh, the, the, the Capitol Police that went into uh, Congressman Nulls' office and started taking photos of his legislative agenda. Cut eight. Go. Okay, look, don't waste your time. I have no power over the Capitol Police. Does anybody not know that? Uh, the, uh, the Capitol Police have responded uh, to that gentleman's allegation and... and uh, that stands as what it is. But I have no power over the police. Thank you all very much. You're such a liar. I mean, Broomhilda here has control over every inch of that place, and she uses it. And she uses it liberally, may I say. But Joe Scarborough to the rescue. Joe Scarborough's head is so far up Nancy Pelosi's butt, it's coming out of her left nostril. Can you imagine that, Mr. Producer? I, I dare a cartoonist to draw that. Makes Mika jealous. Cut nine. Go. Now they're attacking Capitol cops. Now they're attacking Capitol cops. Attacking the cops. Look at that. I've never seen anything like this. What do you think, Mika? Go ahead. Bring them to Nazis. Because they're just going around doing spot checks. This is really this hatred for law so enforcement. So Joe Scarborough knows he needs to be subpoenaed. He needs to be interviewed. He needs to be deposed under oath. Hey, look how they're doing his spot checks. That's all. Taking photographs of the man's office. Spot checks. Taking photographs of his whiteboard with his legislative agenda. Reviewing it over the weekend and coming back the next Monday. Three of them to question a stand. Yes, a spot check. Spot check is what's on your pants, you idiot. How's this guy on TV? He's not wearing a... They don't paint his nose red. He doesn't even need to wear a clown nose. He's got one. The Woody the Woodpecker. What, what is it? I mean, what in the hell does he add to anything? Hey, you know, you're not doing a spot check. What do you think, Mika? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What's the other clown's name? What's that guy? Geist. What does Geist think? Whatever you say, Joe. Yes, yes. I agree with you, Joe. Yes, yes. And Trump, 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 Trump. What a show. Who puts that together? All right. 
I want to say something directly to truckers. Truckers in Canada, truckers in the United States. All over the world, but truckers, I want to thank you. You are great patriots. You've been great patriots. You've been quietly doing your jobs, union and non-union. Bringing goods to the citizenry of the United States and Canada. During a pandemic. Truly putting your lives on the line. Driving from one end of our country to another, one end of Canada to another. Driving between and among the different states and provinces. Unsung heroes. Unsung heroes. Putting up with endless taxes and licensing requirements and regulations and this, that, and the other. One state to another. One country to another. Driving these massive rigs. I don't know how you do it. Men and women. I want to thank you. You're patriots. You're patriots. You're standing up to tyranny. I don't care if tyranny takes the form of a legislature, a parliament, Congress, an executive edict. Tyranny comes in many forms. You're standing up to tyranny. It's very courageous what you're doing. I know. It's very courageous. In Canada, your government wants to take down numbers and punish you. In the United States, Biden and his sleaze army want to do the same, but they operate more secretly because they have no guts. You must understand the Liberal Party or whatever it calls itself in Canada does not stand for working people any more than the Democrat Party in America stands for working people. They want you and us at each other's throats on race, on religion, on income. Forget it. Forget it. It's us against the Democrat Party. It's up against the American Marxists, and may I now say the Canadian Marxists. These parties don't stand for the people. They don't believe in freedom. They insist on obeyance. That's what they insist on. Trudeau is an incompetent buffoon. Biden's an incompetent buffoon. They have radicals around them. They don't know what a hard day's work is like. Joe Biden goes on, my family, your family, screw you, you jerk. We're not talking about that, how you grew up. May I say with all due respect, all the All the, the, the disorder, the anarchy, all the impoverishment that these two men have done to their countries, it's unbelievable. Don't get me started with Australia either. It's another one. Australia. But you're the patriots. You, and in our country, the parents who need to continue to stand up to these school boards and these teachers' unions and these, these race hustlers and peddlers, the small business people that have owned gyms and hair salons 
and gun stores. The rabbis and the priests and the ministers who've stood up to this tyranny. This has never been about science. Comprehensive examination, medical and scientific, of lockdowns and found they essentially have no effect. But they don't care. They don't care. This is a turning point. And just as the parents have stood up, just as the small business people have stood up, you truckers are standing up, and you're having an enormous impact because, quite frankly, we can't survive without you. And I want to thank the tow drivers, the the, the tow truck drivers all over the country, in Canada and the United States soon, who are not agreeing to remove the trucks. I want to thank you, too. This is is and is going to spread into the United States from Canada. It should. It must. Now, I'm going to be attacked. I'm going to be vilified. I don't care. I want to thank you. You're not violent. You're not waving the Nazi flag, the swastika. I see you. I know who you are. You're the people who get dirt under your fingernails. You're the people who make this country work. You're the guys and gals that have to use public bathrooms all the time and have to eat fast food all the time to bring us what we need. Thank you. These politicians wouldn't have a piece of toilet paper to wipe their ass with if it wasn't for you. But they think they own you. Look at the lawlessness in our country. We have a president who violates the immigration laws. We have a president who violates court orders. We have governors who do the same. We have a president of the United States right now who is required as a matter of federal law to consult with the United States Congress on his negotiations with the Islamo-Nazis that has missiles that can reach the United States as well as Tel Aviv, but the United States. And it's indicated he's not going to consult with Congress in violation of federal law. And of course we have a a feckless, buffoonish Republican leader in the Senate who says nothing about that, but is still trashing the former president of the United States. The Republican Party in Washington, D.C. will never understand us. Ever. The Democrat Party hates us. The media is a propaganda mill for the Democrat Party. And all of them push their American and now Canadian Marxist agendas. People have suffered. People have died as a result of the quackery that passes as science in this country and in Canada. And people have had enough. Working people, truckers, bus drivers, taxi drivers, nurses, janitors, they've had enough. Co-workers, steel miners, they've had enough. Pilots, they've had enough. And enough is enough.
I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Mr. Producer, do I have time to take any telephone calls? To whom shall I speak since I didn't bring up the screen, I'm afraid? XM Satellite, Steve in California, still in California. Steve, how are you, sir? Yes, sir, I am. And you're and you're very welcome, buddy. I'll tell you what, thank hats you. off to you. And no, thank, thank you. you very much for leading people out of the darkness. You're very and I kind. never thought I'd see the day that I I never thought I'd see the day that I'd say this, but I've been out here for fifty plus years. And I've I've been through the truck and strikes back in the late sixties, early seventies. I've been through Reagan and I believe that was just about the last of the truck strikes right around the Reagan era, if you remember that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're a trucker. How's it going out there? It's pretty rough, isn't it? Well, <laughs> yeah, the fuel's really, I mean, it's uh, $5.05 a gallon Jesus. when I came through Corning, California, and I'm not quite down to Williams, but yeah, it is, and the thing that just really is upsetting to me is just <laughs> the heartbeat behind the wheel is all they're hiring out anymore, and you really got to keep an eye on these guys out here. Yeah. And it's, uh, but, but, you know, we stand behind... Those boys and girls up there in Canada, the people on the border, and it's not beyond me. I'm still independent out here. That's not yeah. beyond me to do the same. Yeah. Well, God bless you, my friend, and thank you. Appreciate it very, very much. Mr. Producer, who's next? WHAN, Rochester, New York. Dee how are you? Yes, Mark, you are my man. I got to tell you, uh, my heart just pounds listening to you. I've got two silent screams for you. Today, I went to pay my taxes uh, at the town hall, and I was shocked. My eyeballs were pulsating. There was a table with 20 boxes, and there was a label that said, take one, you know, like the Alice in Wonderland Magic Mushrooms labeled, take one. You could take the whole box. Well, guess what? Each box had 50 three-ply masks. I took one. You know why? Made in China. Now, why did I take it? Because maybe when the time is right with my connections, I'm going to see if they are contaminated. I Can we take, take this young lady's phone number, Mr. Producer, and call you back tomorrow? We're out of time, but I want to hear what you have to say. Let's not forget. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, and our truckers, and each and every one of you patriots. We shall prevail. God bless you, and I'll see you right here tomorrow. Tomorrow.